Well, I think we'd all agree we live in a world of uncertainty. The world's money exchange could crash. Luke 12 talked about the parable of the rich man who said, I have such a great crop, I'm going to build more barns. And then the Lord said, you're a fool, you're going to die tonight, what good is all that going to be? There's no U-Hauls up in heaven. There's souls. And one thing God has really laid on my heart is that we've got to look at people around us as lost souls that need the Lord. Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. And time's too short. And what goes on tomorrow or even later today in the world around us, it hasn't been a positive turn, I'll say that. But it's provided more opportunities to possibly in our lives for somebody to look at our lives and maybe see a little glimpse of Jesus, that he's real because they can see he's real. That means he's ever working in our lives. Once we're in his family, God never lets go of us. And I praise God for that. We could die today. James 4, 13 and 14 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. We don't know when our time is up here on this earth, but we have today. We need to make wise use of today. A tornado or hurricane could hit Pinellas County. I remember that morning there was kind of a funnel-type clouds coming over Pinellas County. I hadn't got to work yet. All of a sudden I heard my phone going off and it said, take cover. I'd never had that happen before. So I grabbed her miniature Dotson. She didn't know what was going on. I said, Minnie, we better get into the tub. So we got into the tub and we waited and I heard like it sounded like a freight train going over the house. It went across, but it was up in the air. We don't know when those kind of things are going to happen. But it makes you think, am I ready? If the Lord calls me home in the next minute, am I ready? Have I used my time wisely here on this earth? Uncertainty of our weather. I understand 30% chance of rain means that 30% of the listening area could get rain. That's from Dave on channel 13. That's what he says. I always thought it was 30% over the whole area. No, no, it's just 30% of that whole area is going to get rain. 70% won't. But that's uncertain. Our health could fail from disease or sudden heart attack. We had one of our part-time chaplains a few weeks ago went down on a heart attack, 75 years old. And it just so happened that there were two doctors driving by and they saw him go down. And he wasn't breathing. He had no pulse. They got out of the car, started CPR on him, and they got back a heartbeat. And then on the way to the hospital, stopped again. Uncertainty all around. He's recovering now from quadruple bypass surgery heart surgery. So we don't know. We don't know what can happen, the uncertainties of life. But one thing is certain, that if we're adopted into God's family, that never is taken away. That helps us to get up out of bed in the morning. At least it helps me. 
I don't want to turn the news on anymore because I've heard enough already. But I want to get in the Word, and that's what I'm trying to instill in those inmates, with my brothers who are inmates in Pinellas County Jail, except for the grace of God, any of us could be behind bars as well. But to instill in them, we've got a hunger for the Word. We've got to be in it. We've got to eat it, as David said. Eat it as spiritual food, because there's so much uncertainty around us. We're ambassadors for Christ in this lost world around us. We need truths and certainties that we can depend on, and those are God's truths. Otherwise, the world around us can overcome us. John MacArthur shares, Most people put their hope in false religions or personal ideologies to get them into a happy, eternal state. And it's popularly believed that all religions lead to heaven, and most people are good, thus they are headed there. What is not popular is the reality that only the Bible is the true word of God, the gospel the only way to heaven, and all who do not believe it go to hell forever. Working at Pinellas County Jail, all I can say is amen. That's what I try to get across, because there is only one way. There's many other false ways. All the others are false ways, but Jesus is the answer. The Bible is God's truth. It covers creation. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It wasn't just uh, something that just happened. God did it. Final judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians 3, the great white throne for unbelievers in Revelation 20, the reality of heaven and hell. That's not a popular message nowadays. It's like, well, I made a mistake. Is that what sin is? I just made a little mistake. Or I told a white lie. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I hear so much of that every day, and I know you probably do too. But you've got to get back to what's the bottom line, and that is, what have you done about Jesus? God's promises, like Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together. Not a few, not half, not three-fourths, but everything. When we're walking with the Lord, it's for His good, which is our good. God doesn't give us second best. He can't. He's God. Amazing first coming of Jesus, God's Son to be born of a virgin, live a sinless life, die for all of us as sinners, rise again the third day, ascend into heaven, and someday He's coming back. And I hear that song every so often on the radio, God knows our name. The the creator of the universe knows our name. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows our actions before we do them. He knows our day to day before we know it. But he knows our name. He hears our prayers. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. Why? Because... I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen? I want Him holding me. For the next three weeks, we're going to discover five certainties, five truths that we can be sure of in this world that is so uncertain. Join me, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 13 and I think in the world that's ever-changing, that ever is, is promoting sin, that is ever presenting more and more of, of what 
is sin and, and it's what God hates, what's going on in the world around us. We need to know the, the truths, the certainties we can hang on to when we're bombarded with all the other. First John chapter 5, beginning of verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. This is a confidence which we have before Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from Him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask. And God will, for him, give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make request for this. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. We know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who is born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding in order that we might know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God in eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Very powerful passage. But we need to know the context of these verses before we dive into what we're going to look at over the next three weeks. In 1 John, disciple John recorded for us how concerned he was that believers he had nurtured and seen growing in their faith not be misled by false teachers. Are there false teachers around us? Everywhere. They're coming up more and more. I have inmates tell me almost daily, well, I listen to this guy, and for me to just say, that's a false teacher, you better be careful. I have to find out, what are you hearing from them? Is it consistent with the Word? Well, I don't know. Well, be like the Bereans. Check it out. Let's look and see if it is. And if it isn't, it's false. I'm just so amazed how God is working in the lives of many of these men that, again, except for the grace of God, any of us could be on that other side. But they're, they're hungry for the Word. They want more and more. We've been doing some select studies, kind of what Pastor Steve's been doing in the Psalms. We just finished Psalm 23. This last week, you know, the three of the men just broke down. They started crying. They said, I didn't know there was so much there. That's God's word. That's to be an encouragement. He is that we can say the Lord is my shepherd. Not he needs that shepherd or boy, it'd fit him real well. My shepherd, that we have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we get through each day. Our verse today that we're going to look at in 1 John, we get back to 1 John, is verse 13. And this is the first certainty, the first truth that we can cling to. And that is, eternal life, that we can know with certain that once we are saved, we have eternal life. And that's, that's amazing when you think about it, eternal life. We, we always have 
We're locked into time. We always have a time it began, time it ends. We have things that we buy, and it's got a warranty. I don't know if this ever happens to you. It's got a warranty. Let's say it's a year. You know, a year and a day it breaks. How many ever had that happen? Not a, not a day before, but the day after. There's no warranties with God that expire because it's backed by God. He's given us the certainty of eternal life. Verse 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. You may know that you have eternal life. The three stages, there's three stages in this verse we're going to look at that talk about this truth of eternal life in verse 13. The first stage to this truth of eternal life is that it's given to believers. What does it say, verse 13? These things I have written to you who believe. Believe what? In the name of the Son of God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I shared a few a month or two ago, you wouldn't believe the religions that come up at the jail. Some of them are made up, believe me. I shared already once the Pastafarians. They worship the great god of pasta, the pasta monster. And we have to check it out. We've got to interview it and we've got to find out all about it to see if there's any merit to it. And we found out it began in a hoax in New Zealand that were making fun of religion. And then there's some others I won't even name that come up almost... Weekly, there's a new one that we end up having to research. All false teachings and religions. And I hear over and over again, chaplain, if God gets me out of jail, I'm going back to church. I said, well, that's fine. Did they teach God's word there? Well, I don't know. It's not let's make a deal with God. It's a walk with God. It's a relationship, not a religion. I told one man, he said, well, I'm going to go back to church if I get out of jail. I hope I I get parole instead. I said, how many offenses have you had? Well, it's my third one. Well, Florida, three strikes and you're out. That's how they look at it. By the grace of God, I said, you know, if God wants you out, it will happen. But I said, the first thing is, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, I went to church, I think, about a year ago. It's not what it is. Who persecuted Jesus on this earth? The religious leaders. There's so many opportunities, and God has reopened my eyes to all the, the opportunities that are there. And it's not me, it's God working. And to be able to see it and to share it and, and to say, you know, God is the answer. Because I wake up in the morning and I say, God, I, I want to serve you today. This might be my last day. I don't want to waste it. I want to center on you. That first stage is that it's given to believers. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. These things refer back to 1 John 1.4. Let's look back a few chapters back. And it says these things. 1 John 1 verse 4. When it talks about these things. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. These things are talking about 
that relationship with Jesus. That once we have that relationship with him, the first thing he gives us is eternal life. And eternal life, we don't have to wait till we die to start eternal life, do we? Do we? It's from that time that we have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we begin eternal life. You say, what about death? Death doesn't have any sting anymore. It just puts us in God's presence. In a moment. And that's, that's the hope. That's what we have to hang on to. The writer John wants the readers, the fellow believers, to have that assurance that God's truth never changes. When God says, I've given you eternal life, that's the truth forever. God's word doesn't change. John 3.16, our Sparks key verse in Awana, is always going to be true. Always. And how many other religions can say that about those who have led in, in their groups? How many can say that? They can't. Over and out, it's complete. There's nothing to add. John 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Ephesians 5.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. God's grace is unbelievable. Amen? <laughs> when we think about all the blessings God has given us, when we think about doctors still don't understand how our bodies work, and God created us intricately, that they're still fascinated. They still haven't seen all the stars that God created. And he knows everyone by name. They still discover, oh, there's another what, couple hundred thousand over here we didn't see before. <laughs> Amazing God that we serve. Believers are followers of Christ who believe in him as the one and only way to be saved. Inmates and soldiers alike, they get confused what salvation is. They, they confuse it with a system of works, and that's not what it is. It's grace. It's God's grace. I love that old song, you remember the family of God? Anybody remember that? I'm not going to sing it, don't be afraid. But I like the words. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I'm blessed to be able to talk to the inmates at Pinellas County Jail and call them brothers. They're my brothers in Christ. And I'm more blessed by having the opportunity to, to share God's word with them because I see them just craving it. And that's God doing that. But to have the opportunity, and I don't know how much longer it'll happen, to open the word together. In our country, I pray it continues on and on, but if it doesn't, we need to be memorizing it, we need to be studying it, we need to be allowing God to penetrate it into our lives so it becomes a part of us. Believers have accepted God's gift of salvation as God chose us, He made us alive to respond to the gift 
of Jesus' death as our substitute for our sins. He saved us. He keeps us. And He will sustain us. What more can God do? He walks with us every day. The first phrase in verse 13 is directed to believers, those in the family of God, those who have accepted Jesus. Eternal life is simply living forever with God in heaven. Matthew 25, 46, And these unbelievers will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And we say, well, I'm not righteous. No, when God the Father looks at us, He sees Jesus' righteousness, not ours. Because Jesus has placed that on us when we were saved. Wow. Unbelievable. Believers at Lakeside, believers in this class, believers who have believed in, the, in Jesus and accepted Him as Savior. We take God at his word. And when John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through me. I believe that. The way. Not one of many. And I hear it every day at the jail, but chaplain, they're going to make it over here. No, that isn't what the Bible says. Well, I don't believe the Bible. That's your choice. That's God's word. But that's where the truth is. Inmates uh, often tell me at the jail they wasted too much time living in sin. God doesn't love them. I said, so you're calling God a liar here? No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Let the past be past. Begin to live for him today. And from this point on, focus on Jesus one day at a time. That's hard to do, isn't it? We want to look down a month. We want to look down a year. God says, rejoice you have today. Use it wisely. I'm here with you. Sometimes we push them away, but God doesn't leave us. He's right there. We're the ones who move from Him. But then we say, Lord, I can't handle it. God says, I'm right here. I haven't left you. I said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I still love you, even though you keep falling down. He doesn't say, okay, John, I'm done with you. That's 32 times today. I'm glad he doesn't give up on us. Amen? The second stage of the certainty of eternal life is not only is this written to believers, but it's believers again who possess salvation that you may know that you have eternal life. God doesn't want us walking around wondering, well, am I saved today? I don't feel saved I I don't know, things are going wrong, so I I really must not be saved. Who's with us in the trials? Who's with us in the tunnels? Jesus is there. How much did he go through on this earth for us? The Son of God coming down, putting on a human body to go through what he did, to be betrayed, to be laughed at, mocked, scourged, beaten so bad, they said, is this the same man that went before, that we've beat his face so badly, and then to die upon the cross for us? Does Jesus know what we're going through? (laughs) Amen, he does. So thankful that, that he continues to work with us, even when we push him away. One inmate wrote a little poem that I want to share, and I just wanted to share it with you because... 
not long ago. It's called Free on the Inside. Here's what it says. This was written by Thomas. He's in Lexington, Kentucky, serving his time at a federal penitentiary. I'm free on the inside like Silas and Paul. No bonds can hold me, my God's overall. I'm happy on the outside, his smile's on my face, because he's on the inside, I give him first place. First place in my thinking and all that I do, first place in my reading, because his word is true. First place in my efforts as I strive to win men, to convince him my Savior is more than a friend. He died on that cross. He suffered. He bled for you and for me. It's finished, he said. But it is not over. My Lord reigns on high. I'm free on the inside because my Jesus is nigh. I'll tell you, when I see these men behind bars who have had everything taken away, some have lost their jobs, their families and everything, and then I see God working, and I see them say, except for Jesus, chaplain, I'd be dead on the street. I believe it. And yet some are moved by God to write what this inmate wrote. He's free because Jesus has made him free. Free from sin. Don't have to do that. The victory comes through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit in our lives, working in our lives. John Mitchell, the founder of Maltinamah School of the Bible, he wrote this. In chapter 2, 1 John, we know that we have eternal life because we keep his commandments. In chapter 3, we know that we have eternal life because we love the brethren. In chapter 5, we know that we have eternal life because we believe his word. In chapter 5, verse 20, we know we have eternal life because we are in him. Isn't it good to know we have eternal life from God who cannot lie? Who doesn't give it and take it back? Doesn't say, okay, you have to keep up these 50 things here to keep your salvation. He gives it to us, and it's an eternal giving to us. Never taken away. Kenneth Wiest, a professor at Moody Bible, shares, Knowing is speaking not of experiential knowledge, but of absolute, beyond peradventure of a doubt knowledge, a positive knowledge. We need positive, don't we? We live in a world of negative. In May of 1992, as our army unit walked the streets of L.A., had many soldiers approach me because they were unsure where they would be if their life ended there. What an honor it was to share the gospel. I said, Chaplain, how can you walk down these streets here in Watts and there's gangs on both sides of the street and you're not worried about it? I said, no, because I know if my life ends here, I'll be with Jesus. And that's better than even here. Well, how can you know that? Because God said so. Because I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. He saved me. And I saw God working in these. These were young soldiers in their early 20s. I remember one young man, he was 18, just joined. Here we get down to the L.A. riots right away. He's saying, Chaplain, I, I've lived in this area. I, I can't shoot at my neighbor over here if something breaks out. He says, I don't, I don't want to get killed here. I said, what, what's your relationship with Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you? 
Well, I never thought about that. I used to go to church uh, because I was made to go to church. No, no, I said, what about your personal relationship? He says, I, I don't know what you mean. I said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And he said, chaplain, I want that. So I saw God save this young man. And he didn't walk scared the next day when we were walking on the streets of L.A., but he walked because he knew God was walking with him. And he had assurance that he had eternal life. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? Where is it? It doesn't affect us anymore because we have eternal life. Knowledge that we as believers have eternal life gives us confidence to live for the Lord today. That neighbor who needs the Lord, that family member who's still unsaved but now open, and you start seeing God working in his or her life. As Pastor Joe has shared with us, we need to pray for those in authority, whether we like them or not. That's not easy, is it? When they persecute us, why do we do it? Because God told us to. Not easy. I struggle with that. I think we all do from time to time. But God's sovereign. God's in control. God says, I'm right here with you. So if if Lakeside all of a sudden, let's say they said, well, you, you can't open a Bible again. You can't preach the word anymore. It's against the law. I think most of, of those here, we'd find a way. Amen? Maybe it'd be like it was when it was outlawed in other countries, but we'd find a way. Because we've got to be hungry for it. When we don't know what to do, we go to the Word. We let God lead us through the Holy Spirit so we know what He wants us to do. Third stage to the certainty of eternal life is not only is it directed toward believers and believers who are saved, but the third stage is knowing our belief is based only on Jesus Christ. Only. We live in a world that likes to add. Well, that's good to believe that, chaplain, but what about these nine things that I've made up? (laughs) I see only three checked off. I think you're going to make it. It's not up to them, is it? It's up to God. God the Father who looks at us and he sees the righteousness of Jesus, that he died for us and paid our sins so that we could have eternity to be with God. Eternal life. Only by the grace of God are we saved. No one and nothing could result in eternal life but Jesus. Someday we will be totally adopted into God's family as we receive our new bodies. Anybody else looking forward to it? Pastor Steve's knee, no more problem. Those aches and pains we have, can't hardly stretch over our head anymore, no problem anymore. We'll have a body like Jesus. No more cancer, no more arthritis, no more pain. Amen? Wow, that's going to be unbelievable. You know what's going to be the most unbelievable is being in God's presence. 
as the angels, as some that stand around saying, holy, 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 I think we are going to be so humble. We're going to say, God, I, I can't even look up. And God says, look at me. I love you. I want you to see me. Now we have God's word, and I praise God for it. I've read about those in other countries that were lucky to have one chapter of the Bible that they would bring together because it was against the law. They'd have people on both ends watching that they don't get arrested, and they would be sharing. I know one particular group was sharing John 1. They had chapter 1, the Gospel of John, one chapter. They each had a few verses, and when they get together, they'd, they'd put it together. They'd read it. They'd say, oh, I, I thank God for this, that Jesus is my Savior. Pastor John Mitchell, pastor in Oregon, shares, Christ has accomplished a perfect, a complete work. Christ will never die again. You are kept by the power of God. Bible's full of examples who continued to hang on to the certainty of eternal life based on what Jesus did on the cross. I think of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. He was being stoned. And they picked up large rocks when they stoned, probably about this big at times, and they threw it at him. And as he was being stoned and as he was dying... said, I'm going to be in your presence shortly, Lord, but don't hold this against them. Where did that forgiveness come from Stephen? It came from Jesus in his heart. He didn't see the act going on, that he was dying. He said, I'm sure he was saying in his own heart, Lord, I know it's time. My time's done. And I look forward to being in your presence in a few moments. I think of Peter in Acts 12. He was hanging on to that. He was going to be executed, remember? Peter was going to be brought out and they were going to execute Peter. And the night before, people were praying for him. The night before, here's Peter sleeping so sound that the angel comes to Peter. Wake up, Peter. Why are you asleep? Come on, wake up. And I'm at peace. Woke up, what's going on here? Got up and he's escorted out. The chains fall off and he's suddenly in the street. <laughs> then he goes to the prayer meeting and he knocks on the door and this young girl comes to the door and says, Who's there? It says, Peter. Oh, wow. I'm going to go tell him. Hey, everyone. It's Peter at the door. Ah, uh, you're seeing a ghost. Uh, you're seeing visions. You're hearing things. No, no. It's really him. <laughs> Long story short, he finally, they opened the door and there he is. God answered their prayer. <laughs> Should we be surprised with that? No. Should be amazed at it. We should be thankful for that. Are we certain and do we continue to believe in the foundation of our belief of eternal life based on Jesus? Do we say, Lord, thank you every morning? that you saved me. It's by your grace. I don't deserve it. But I just want to praise you today by, with your help, living for you. The world watches us as Christians, don't they? They say, is your faith real? They look at us and they say, I'm going to watch him. Boy, something didn't go right over there. What did he do? Oh, he prayed about it? Wow, that's kind of different. 
I didn't, I didn't hear all the obscenities. I didn't hear all the cussing. I didn't hear the threats of saying, I'm going to zap you. We feel like that sometimes, and sometimes we, we fall in sin there, but we get right back up. We say, Lord, I admit it. I, I fell short. The Lord says, I still love you. Once God saves us, we're saved eternally. We need to rest in that, hang on to that, cling to it when we're on those wild rapids of life, because they come. I told a young man in jail a few weeks ago that when we're adopted into God's family, it's permanent, and even though he was headed up the road to serve a life sentence, he could know that his eternal home is going to be with Jesus. He said, Chaplain, I'm going to remember that. I gave him several scriptures to help encourage him. So what does this certainty, this truth of eternal life mean to us? Knowing we have eternal life, and that is certain because God cannot lie and never will, that should give us confidence to face the day. Even on the days that the hurricane force winds are blowing in our faces spiritually, even when Satan wants us to doubt that God can be trusted, that he did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, even when we stumble and end up in a ditch, I remind inmates, I remind us this morning, God will never, never, never abandon his children. He will never abandon us. He says, you're my adopted son, you're my adopted daughter. Rest in me. Eternity isn't just a lifespan or generations, but forever. And that's granted to us by God the Holy Spirit. He's our down payment on eternal life. Live and serve God today, for tomorrows are guaranteed by God. God's already in our tomorrow if we have it here on earth. Did you know that? He's already there. We've been given eternal life, but we're to take it a day at a time here on earth. Someday that day at a time, we won't say, well, day, just forever. But right now, it's a day at a time. Next week, we'll look at the second of the five Certainties are truths we can hang on to in this world of uncertainty. But just remember, have that assurance. God has given us, as his children, eternal life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time and your word. First John, encouragement, Lord, we need it. We need your truth. We need to know the certainty that, that we have eternal life because by your grace we are saved. We we're a part of your family, and no one can take us out. Lord, walk with us today. Be with each one here. Help us to, to live with confidence and share the gospel with those around us when opportunity comes. Give us your boldness, and we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.